episode six of Shits and Giggles. Before we start, we are going to have a song. And because we are looking back at music magazines and things, I thought we would go for a bit of nostalgia.
okay how good was that did you back in the day have a wee uh, crush on saffron everyone of course <laughs> i should have said hello by the way i think we're hello hello everybody <laughs> we didn't say hello did we, we just got straight on with it okay so girls i know it's not been that long since we actually did see each other um last so ha- have we been on any gigs the last few weeks uh, Kimbo, what about you? I have been to a couple, but not many. Um, after my run of gigs that I had um, over the week with the sessions week, but I'd been to Phoebe Bridgers, and that was my first time to see her. And it was also my first time at the Badlands in Glasgow, which oh. I can confirm has an extremely sticky floor. Sticky floor. It was an amazing experience and I had uh, Stevie Booth came with me actually because I had two tickets. He had never heard of Phoebe Bridgers before, I don't think. Um, He's now the proud owner of both of her vinyls because he bought them after the gig. Um, And I made him stand in the merchandise queue, which he said was the biggest merchandise queue he'd ever seen at the Battlelands. Um, and I was like, well, we're standing in it because I'm getting a T-shirt. <laughs> so <laughs> she was she was absolutely phenomenal. And I think probably people had maybe seen her at Glastonbury um, afterwards. Um, but yeah, I was just in awe. She's one of my, probably my favourite female singers. So um, that was an amazing gig. And then at the weekend um, after that, I'd actually got tickets through, I've been doing a bit of work with Post Aberdeen, who um, review kind of, um, gigs and music in just in Aberdeen so there was three local bands that were playing at the tunnels um, so Cathers and I went along to that and we seen just a solo artist called Scott D so he just goes by the name of D he was really he brought the entertainment he was really funny um, and had a bit of a disco dance on the stage and he had everybody dancing by the end of his set. Um, he, he was all dressed. He was dressed like he was going to Wimbledon. He'd on little like Alessi shorts and a jacksuit top and he was drinking from a carton of fresh orange on the stage. Nice. <laughs> and he started, um, he was throwing out Freddos and sweeties to the crowd. So um, yeah, that was that was quite funny. Um, and there was also a band called Van Sleep who I likened to Hardwick Circus. The guy, the singer was really like um, the kind of sound from Hardwick Circus. Oh. And then the main act were the Little Kicks. Um, and that's the song that I would I would pick if we were picking a song from the bands that we've seen. Um, they've got a recent single called Ruminations that was actually, they did a film for it in the We've got an old swimming um, baths in Aberdeen that's been closed for so, so long. I think it's been closed since 2008, called the Bonacord Baths. And the band went in there and videoed um, for the single called Ruminations. So they've got an album out um, in October 2022, but thoroughly enjoyed their set. Their harmonies were on point. Really um, incredible guitar riffs. And their drummer, yeah, he was pretty phenomenal. So Cathers and I had a really good night out at the tunnels in Aberdeen. It was brilliant. Brilliant. What about you, LJ? Um, so I had been to see um a group called the Artisans. Now they were brilliant. Um, and what a crack they had once again with the with the crowd. The 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 lead singer is it was a very dry sense of humor, but it was a good sense of humor. <laughs> and this was at Base Camp in Middlesbrough, and it's the first time that I've ever been to Base Camp. And I like it. 
<laughs> you guys would too. It's a nice little place. That was followed by Ward, which is the lovely Jen's new. Well, it's her boyfriend Neil. It's it's his originals band. Jen just now plays bass for them and has done for the past. What well, did they give her five weeks to practice? <laughs> <laughs> um yeah and it was it was a really good gig nice little venue enjoyed it excellent what about you laura i've only been to one since we last spoke um, and it was amazing so as you know paula um i i was <laughs> blessed by coming over to um, beautiful belfast the other weekend and as well as getting up to just um you know usual <laughs> shenanigans while we we're there we went to um bell sonic and headlining that gig was uh, Liam Gallagher sorry I, could, I couldn't think for him and I forgot his name for the, all the years <laughs> yeah. I supported that guy just, just forgot his name you know he's just a he's a bit of an up-and-coming artist to be fair um so yeah um he, he was phenomenal and I think I mentioned last time I went to see him in Nebworth um and I know um a little bit of criticism has been leveled at him saying that maybe he needed to do more of his own stuff um rather than Oasis and I can confirm that actually being his actual gig rather than a, a reunion kind of thing for Nebworth, I would say it was probably 70%, would you, Paula, of his own stuff? Uh-huh, uh-huh. Yeah, and I... um, yeah, he was brilliant. He he really engaged with the crowd. He he had full acknowledgement of where he was, which was good. Made lots of jokes about him coming on helicopter and um, how they're <laughs> not great transport when you're going to Belfast. Um, <laughs> but also for me, a highlight, um, they were supported by... Um, Ash and I'm a, I'm a massive fan of Ash and obviously they're celebrating their 25th anniversary of the release of 1997 which actually for me has the best hidden track ever and I think that's something we need to cover later on in episodes hidden tracks because I think there's some oh, gems tracks, yeah. um, and why we were there it was actually to the day 25 years since oh yeah had been released um, and so that kind of went off when he played that so if I had to pick a song from who we've seen I think I'd go with that. Mm. Excellent just actually speaking about Bell Sonic apart from obviously um, the Bell Sonic gig with yourself Laura I went then the week before for another Bell Sonic gig um, which was Jerry Cinnamon and that's the third time I've seen him probably the last time I'm going to say I'm not going to I'm going to admit that I may be a wee bit too old for the Jerry Cinnamon crowd. <laughs> um, there was a lot of, I think it was the, the last day of school. So there was a lot of uh, school kids there and little tops that um, yeah didn't cover very much. And they were, they were quite merry, but it was a really good show now. There was like a real good, um, there were fireworks going off and even his visual behind I think he he's one that the Belfast crowd always likes Jerry Cinnamon you know he's like that sort of working class ethic the songs always go down really well well there and obviously like yourself um the the Liam gig was my other one first time I've seen him and uh, like as the ratings say do believe the hype like I really enjoyed it we were lucky enough to get into the pit as well which so we were right uh-huh. at the we were right at the, the banner looking onto the stage and Laura did get asked the weirdest question. Laura, oh. would you like to tell everybody? Oh, God. <laughs> I did. It was it was it was absolutely torrential tipping it down. So um Paul was very kind and um, I wasn't that I didn't think forward enough when I was going. So um lending me one of her um anoraks. I had like my hood up and I was, you know, still enjoying the tunes, had beer in hand. And this 
girl comes over to me and taps me onto the shoulder and she goes excuse me I was like yeah is everything all right she's like yeah I was just wondering do you have any eyelash curlers that I can borrow I was like (laughs) now and she's like yeah have you got any with you I was like no sorry I've not just just bring out my makeup bag (laughs) yeah but the, yeah, I mean, I did have a little bit of makeup on me, but not the eyelash curlers. Um, so yeah, so that, that's the first time I've ever been asked that question. It's not like you're just carrying your lippy, is it? Do you know what I mean? No. <laughs> or a lighter. You would have expected a lighter, but an eyelash curler was very, very strange now. Um, we did, well, I we, was actually... So we did see her, didn't we, after um, walking around with sunglasses on, you know, even when it was <laughs> you know, right at the end of the night. So she really wasn't impressed with the, the state of her lashes. <laughs> Oh, bless um, my my song was actually going to be from Ash as well, um, as you say, because they're obviously a local group. But also yesterday I had um, went to go and get my car MOT'd and uh, the first available one was in a place called Downpatrick, which is where Ash are actually from. And I had actually seen on Insta a few months ago that a local artist had actually painted a big mural um, up so I was determined to go a little bit earlier and find this mural of Girl from Mars so I can confirm <laughs> it looks very good and it was on a local Chinese so I got a few pictures of it as well so so what I was saying what tune it's gotta be Ash I think it's then. gotta be Ash yeah. yeah Laura what what song was yours oh yeah oh yeah so we'll go for that one yeah oh yeah oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> we're idiots <laughs> oh yeah, she was taking me over And oh yeah, it was the start of the summer
Okay, so in this episode, we're having a nostalgic look back at music magazines from when we were growing up. So first of all, did we read any? What makes a good music magazine? And Laura, let's start with you then. I yeah, I was um I was a bit of a pain really because I used to get um, my mom and my granddad. My granddad was a terrible blessing for it and to buy me pretty much all of them. So um you know I was <clears throat> you know from smash hits to looking all of those kind of real teen ones at the moment. Yeah, you know, just seventeen, all of those. And I suppose that's where I kind of became obsessed with lyrics. So I've always liked lyrics, um, but they used to print out them, didn't they? So when a new song came out, often with a poster and then on the back used to have the lyrics. Um, so I had um, folders and folders full of lyrics. And I'm not sure what I did with them, to be honest, because um, but, I, but I, my mum still got them in the loft. I was unable to get them before here, but I did speak to my mum and she says, yeah, she's got all. And I used to. I was terrible. So not only did I put all the posters up, I used if there was a band I particularly liked, I used to cut out all like the little photos um, and even like even little bits of text. So my big thing at the time, I was really into take that and I became a little bit obsessed. And so I used to cut out anything, even if it just said take that, put it out, stick it in this in these kind of like scrapbooks. So, yeah, so a little bit. So they kind of lended a bit to my obsessions, I think, um, music magazines. And then as I got older, I, um, I kind of found things like Melody Maker, Select, Q. And for me, the, the one that I really kind of fell in love with was um, NME. And I used to get that religiously. What about you, LJ? Oh, well, you see, I wasn't a massive, massive music fan in my younger days. Yes, I love music. I've always loved music, but um, I was all, I was into like, you know, like musicals and stuff. Um, so Smash Hits was my my thing. And that's probably where I got posters and things from because I have plenty of posters, but we'll talk about that later. Um, so, yeah, um, Smash Hits was was the big one for me. Excellent. And Kimbo? Yeah, I think the same for me, really, because I'm not sure I was really that cool at school, to be honest. You know, it's all about the boy bands. And um, yeah, and I'd I said to you that I did a lot of my reading of um, magazines when I worked in my uncle's paper shop. I did pay for magazines that I like left with. I didn't steal them from my uncle. Um, but I would have definitely, I know that I had posters up, you know, that I'd obviously got from like the Smash It's magazine and stuff. But I also used to get some magazines from my cousin Vicky, who's a little bit older than me, and she was definitely cooler. And she had like Kerrang magazines and stuff like that. But like Laura, I was like a bit obsessed with lyrics and things like that and cutting things out and sticking them in like my school jotters and stuff yep. like that. Um, and because I had to share a room with like little sisters as well, I only had like a little space on the wall that I was allowed for posters. So I had to like, turn them over every now and again so I would have Mark Owen on the wall maybe sometimes and then I would switch it to Jason I didn't have much space (laughs) (laughs) double-sided yeah mine mine were the same the smash hits and like you said cutting out and sticking them on your files in school was one of the things and also um one magazine I also liked but only really if they gave a freebie away was select um, sometimes oh, yeah. you know they gave a free CD or something like a compilation away, mm-hmm. and that's actually where I heard Zero Seven for the first time. So yeah, but Smash Hits definitely, like you said, ly- uh, for the lyrics and the the posters as well, the articles as well, which leads us very nicely on to our first poll. So thank you. Um, we had a very busy 
um, few days on our Twitter page this week with three different polls. So, Laura, would you like to, first of all, um, tell everybody about the results of the first poll, which was um, about the magazines whenever people read whenever they were younger? Yeah, yeah, sure. So, um, so the first question we asked around the magazines was, do people still buy them? Um, and um, we and it was kind of uh, there was ten percent that said um, yes always, um, and sixteen percent occasionally. But the biggest result um, with over seventy percent was um, no buy used to, and so then the kind of leading questions that so okay what what did you buy, um, and we gave them four choices and we we had a we need we need to kind of campaign Twitter a little we need more options than four. Um, <laughs> But out of the questions we asked, we asked Smash It, Rolling Stones, Melody Maker and Select. And Melody Maker came out top with 39%, but very closely was 33% with Smash It. And I think that kind of probably a bit of conversations we had, really. I think it was about take, um, from when you started buying them. So a lot of people probably did it in their probably, I don't know, early teens and then which was probably Smash It and then that develops. Um, I think it also probably also it would have been interesting to see if there was like a gender split where I can't really imagine very many of the guys reading smash hits, whereas for the girls, you know, they were maybe more of the smash hits. The guys were maybe for the the melody maker side of things as well. Yeah, smash hits was kind of always the boy bands on the front, weren't they, really? And and kind of um, the solo young lad kind of images. And I suppose that kind of appealed to that market more um at the, you know at the time but um yeah so again other suggestions we had was vox um new musical express enemy terrorizer which i've I'd, i've never heard of that one so i uh, need to get back to the independent wave and ask what that is so uh look in queue yes so loads of people kind of took part on that we had over 140 people in that kind of uh took part so really really you know thanks for that um we will get back to you all at one point. <laughs> Fabulous. Okay, so our second discussion area then we have all alluded to before was about posters. So what, if any, posters did we have up in our walls? And remember the rule is there's no guilty pleasures here. So LJ, would you like to kick off things? So posters on the wall, mostly Madonna. Because I was a big, big fan of Madonna in my younger days. And there will have been a little bit of Jordan from New Kids on the Block. Because <laughs> he was gorgeous. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, um, apart from that, I mean, once again, I wasn't a massive fan of, um, like, I never, my friends were going mad for, as you said, Laura, the, the brossettes were all... Um, sorry, it wasn't Bros for you, was it? It was um, the other guys. Take that. Take that, that's it. So first off for me, it was Bros with my friends. And then it was Take That. Uh, they kind of like merged a little bit and then Take That took over. Um, but yeah, at one point, my friends went mental for Bros. They all had the beer things on their shoes. And, <laughs> oh, you know, it was like they were absolutely mental for it. Um, and yeah, took over by Take That in the end. What about you, Kimberly? Yeah, the same. I think as as Laura, take that definitely. Um, yeah, I think I had a, probably a massive thing for Marco, and and then it shifted to Jason for a while. <laughs> I don't know what that was about. Um, <laughs> More of a bad boy, I think. 
and then but I also had um and I think I've spoke about them before because they were one of the first concerts I went to 911 I I definitely had a had a poster of Spike from 911 on the wall and the only other poster that I think I had was a David Beckham one which was the biggest David Beckham poster you could probably find and it was, was uh, yeah. an Andrea Agassi one I had a thing for yeah. Andrea Agassi um, yeah but I'm sure I think there was maybe some girl group ones as well because I did, yeah, I did like my All Saints and Spice Girls and stuff as well. So I might have had, I can't really remember, but mostly the, the ones of the guys was definitely Mark Owen because it was right beside my bed. <laughs> I said every night before you went to bed. Probably. <laughs> what about you, Laura? See, I was much cooler when I was really, really little. Um, so when I was like probably, I don't know, five, six and that kind of age, apart from the five star one, which I did tell you before my first ever gig. I didn't five have them. Amazing. Yeah. Um, um, I had things I had like the Beatles and the Kinks and things because my mum and dad were really good big fans. So I had a lot of their posters up. Uh, and then I went on my own musical way for a little bit and kind of got obsessed with New Kids on the Block. And I would find a photo, literally, you couldn't, <laughs> there was not a space on my wall. It was plastered. So that's probably when I was about 10. And then I went on to take that, which I then took all over. And then I went from that into just the, I suppose, where I found Bad Boys and Guitars um, and kind of Oasis and Shed Seven and, and kind of, um, I was a big fan of um, Sleeper. So she was on my walls, Louise, Republica, Echo Belly. So kind of real, the Britpot era. And that's kind of when I, um, I, I replaced it with all of those. And then... And then I haven't had posters up until the last couple of years. And now the wall behind me is just full of lyrics and bands and stuff. So I've, I've gone full circle. But yeah, no. So um, yeah, no, I, I, enjoy, I enjoy sticking up until they fall, fell off in the middle of the night and gave you a heart attack when they <laughs> fell on your head. Yeah. <laughs> my, my ones were my strange. I had um, Man United, the, the one of the teams for Man United. Mm -hmm. And also, um, you know, the Jim Morrison one, the American poet, where he is bare chested with the, the necklace of his, his girlfriend at the time. Yeah. Black and white one. So those were the those were the only two that I had up, which does make me sound very cool. But I think um all the, the cuttings out went on to the files in school anyway. <laughs> which leads us then to um, the, the second thing that we asked on our page. So there were some very interesting questions on um, posters that, that people had up. So Kimbo, is it you? You're going to talk a wee bit about yeah. those? So you can't say that the Twitter music community, you know, it's not, it's not varied. There was <laughs> lots <laughs> of um, feedback. So um, Andy Johnson, he had pics of Madonna in her like a virgin phase. So I can only imagine what they were like. Um, <laughs> David from well, Alive and Gigging, he had the Smiths, Big Country and Simple Minds. Stevie T, now you would have been friends with him, um, LJ, because he had Skid Row posters. Is that not who yes. you picked for your... Yes, um, and I didn't have any picture, uh, posters of Skid Row, actually, but come on! Yeah, so he, he, he was obviously a fan. He also had Guns N' Roses as well. Roy from the Shed Project, he was obviously Stone Roses um, and the Mondays. Um, we had others, um, Ed, he had Blondie and Kim Wilde. So we've definitely got some <laughs> lovely looking women on the posters. And um, also some Oasis and Stereophonics from David Walker. And he also, like us, Paula, had some Man United ones because he had David Beckham <laughs> and Eric Cantona. So, yeah, 
pretty a, a good mix. Chris Mello as well, with he put up a picture of himself in in an Oasis jacket in his heyday, with the Verve and the Beatles posters behind him. So yeah, oh, lots of different fabulous. ones. Fabulous. <laughs> I did okay. see there as well. A lot of people did steer away from music as well. So you've alluded to football clubs. I had obviously Leicester City, but a lot of um had a lot of um ladies uh you know so which were kind of big hits at the time so i know okay. um, jackson lissett has, has said that he had um jackie degg um who was the supermodel behind his dog that he thought his nan would never find but she did <laughs> there was that one with the girl where she was playing tennis with her where she'd lifted a skirt up everybody everybody, everybody had that that. On, didn't they? yeah it was yeah. a bit like from the um, i remember from um, looking magazine um, it was the guy bare-chested in his uh, black and white baby. holding a baby. Yeah. Oh, yes. yeah. <laughs> I think the thing everyone... is, apparently he went to university with one of my friends, Dundee oh. University. She oh. said, I cannot confirm or deny, but she said that he was on her university course or university halls or something. Mm-hmm. I You've got all the connections, out. Paula. <laughs> <laughs> or friends that oh, tell a lot of and actually um we got one more from sam lambeth who said he had a poster of paula before she became mainstream <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> oh dear good old sam okay so is it time for another tune so i thought this time let's go for the bit of cheese so a song from our youth so i'm gonna throw madonna and like a prayer for my offering LJ, what do you what do you want to throw out there? Oh, you see, I was going to go for Madonna. Oh, no, <laughs> hang on a minute, hang on a minute. <laughs> um, um, oh, 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 I'm going to go for um, Bross Cat Amongst the Pigeons. <laughs> Tune. <laughs> Tune. <laughs> Kimbo. I was going to go All Saints Never Ever. Oh, good one, and Laura. I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to go with Nuka's on the block, hanging tough. So, so which one do we fancy? Which one are you going for? Oh, um, I'm gonna go for Madonna, like a prayer. Yeah. Okay, that's one of my karaoke songs, Paula. We'll have to do that sometime. Oh really? <laughs> oh, is there burning crucifixes and corsets <laughs> and everything involved in it? There could be. Oh, can be arranged. Be arranged. Oh, can this be dear. our turn at Kendall in the talent tent? Yes. yes, let's do it. Come on. <laughs> who knows? Who knows? Um, let's see, Laura. What one did you say? And we'll go for yours. Which, Which Laura? One? Sorry, <laughs> it was LJ was looking at me okay. very Oh, oh brass and cat amongst the pigeons. Get in. Okay. Oh goodness, that was the worst one. But anyway. Okay. 
listening at that point <laughs> <laughs> so um can we now talk a little bit about magazines nowadays obviously um with the internet probably there is more information readily available at our fingers so do people still buy magazines nowadays musical magazines and if so uh which ones are we which ones are we liking so Kimbo, let's start with you. Um, I mean, I think probably like you're saying in terms of internet, I, I would probably look at more like reviews and things that people have done of, of singles rather than actually going to a, a magazine. I think, you know, it's been a long time since I've actually bought a magazine because you can just read everything online. But I did I did have a look um, after, you know, chatting with you, Paula, about it. And there is a magazine in Scotland now called The Snack Magazine. So I've had a look at their um, Twitter feed and some of their websites. So they are a um, company in Scotland and it's really just an overview of the independent arts and, and culture. So you can get it online, but you can also purchase it. And it's £5.50 a month, which I think that's, you know, mm -hmm. fair enough. That's all good. I think, um, I'm not sure how many episodes they've done, but I had a wee look back um, and they're kind of linked to a new Scottish music kind of podcast as well so it's got like links to new music so it's something that I'll certainly look into a bit more but they've done some interviews recently with the Mysterines, Brutecombe and Broken Chanter who I know is um 
you know, a Scottish artist um, that I'm quite familiar with because The Weekender, they've done some reviews um, with Broken Chanter before. And I think he just recently had a run of a tour around Glasgow, maybe. Um, but basically, the magazine covers interviews, gig announcements. Um, it does some reviews on singles and tells you just a little bit about what's on and coming up. So the July edition at the moment's got a little bit in it about the um, Dune the Rabbit Hole Festival, which is in Stirling from the 14th to the 17th of July, and the Connect Festival that's in Edinburgh at the end of August. So there was information in it that I didn't know until I'd read that. So um, it's something that I'll definitely sign up to and maybe get some conversations going with them, actually. So, yeah. Perfect. What about you, um, Laura? I tend to um, be like Kimberly, really. It tends to be online, so it'd be reviews and stuff. So um, a website I generally check quite a lot is um, Louder Than War. I do uh, um, check theirs out, which is a lot of reviews, a lot of gig kind of updates. And normally I stumble on them. So I don't period. I don't check in like regular. It's not a deliberate thing. It's when someone generally shares it or posts it. I mean, if it's an artist that I follow and they said, oh, we're featured, then I'll, I'll, I'll have a read. And then I often go, you know, looking around that at that point but so but I don't religiously look at it and maybe maybe I should more to be fair and the only time I buy them is if I'm which is which is not that often anymore but if I'm on a long train drive and so if uh yeah pick up like a HM HM WH Smith if I remember what it's called yeah things like that I'll go and pick one up and they still do like hard copies of NME and stuff so I will every now and again purchase one but yeah normally for me at the moment it's still online Mm -hmm. and LJ what about you yeah, so there's um there's a few magazines from um this way that um support the independent scene, which is really really good. Mm-hmm. Point Blank Teesside is one to go and check out. That's run by Steve, and he does a lot of articles. You know, he will introduce people um to the community and things. Um, he did an interview with Patrick Jordan just before one of his singles was released you know, tells everybody about the artist and what they've got coming up. So, yeah, he does interviews. He does reviews in there. He was actually at base camp the other night when I was there watching the Artisans and Wards. So he did a little bit of a review um, of that show for them, which is really, really good. Um, And he's been going for, I think he he had a little bit of a break during lockdown and things with everything not going on, but he's uh, started back up since then. So, um, yeah, yeah, it's a really, really good magazine. Uh, Instagram, if I haven't already said it, you can catch up with Point Blank Teesside on Instagram. You can get hard copies. You can buy hard copies. And I think you can also get it on his website as well. And then uh, bang on about any volume quite a lot because you know that it's one of the places that um, puts on gigs, but they also do a magazine. Um, So it's any volume magazine Northeast. Once again, it's on Instagram. I think they might be on Twitter, um, but I can't remember. I don't think they post a lot on Twitter. It's more on Instagram. And they've just had their seventh anniversary bash, um, which was through any volume, which is in Stockton near me. And they're just massive supporters of the um, independent community. And it's really, really good. They've got links with um, Stockton Calling and anything that's going on around the area they try and get involved in. So, um, yeah, brilliant, brilliant thing. You need to go and check them out. Excellent. It is quite reassuring to see that so many of them actually is that underground scene yeah. as well. That's like I was sort of thinking 
really, <clears throat> if you go into a news agent nowadays, I suppose, all our musical tastes have changed. So mm -hmm. whilst the likes of um, smash hits and things are more pop, our tastes aren't. So what are there really to facilitate our, our tastes? Um, there are two now that um, I have come across. Um, a local one which has been going about a year and a half that I have bought a few episodes of it called Dig With It. Um, which again, a lot of artists I don't know in there, but as you have all said, it is very good for local listings and actually seeing what is coming out. And then one that I actually discovered just in the last few weeks um, called Loud and Quiet. I must admit the articles and everything in it are really well written, but 95% of the people I didn't have a clue who <laughs> exactly the way or so probably I'm not their target or audience you know it seemed to be a lot more house and a lot more grime and things for that one there but it is um good to see that there's ones out there with different genres the one that I have been religiously buying since it went um on sale and actually leads us very nicely into our guest which um I am not sure whether the guest is here is actually the speakeasy magazine um, by Faye, um, almost famous on Twitter. Okay, so Speakeasy, it's more of like a nostalgic look back, really well written um, that it's, um, you know, basically going back to the Britpop eras, clubs you went to, concerts that you went to back in the day. And the, I think the good thing is there's a variety of different um, writers that they have for them and there's Northern Ireland Belfast the line that was actually featured a few times on them so you know it brought back there's you know some of the articles they've had the wonder stuff miles out of the wonder stuff but um, it's also quite good because up until recently Sam Sam Shiner also wrote um, articles on an up, up and coming act um, for you know that feature as well so one to look out for so for me, that was the one. And it was like, oh my goodness, so cheap. Um, it, it was like for a pound, I think, um, for every episode. And you always got like a little freebie along as well. And they have, you know, changed it to now that it comes up um, a few times in the year as well. But like such a really good, well-written, all the mm. articles are really well-written and like a really good buy, like really, if, especially if you're a reader, like myself and like finding out things that you maybe do forget. It's definitely one of the ones that I would definitely recommend. Okay, so we are absolutely buzzing to have our guests um, with us this evening for this episode. We have bought um, Faye, almost famous on, <laughs> on Twitter is her handle, and also Tristan from The Kind as well. So thank you both for joining us this evening. So we have been talking a wee bit of nostalgic look back at music magazines and posters uh, back in the day. So Faye, did you read any magazines or whenever you were growing up, we have had some, some laughs uh, discussing what we were doing. So what did you read back, back whenever you were growing up? Oh, uh, well, um, I guess when I was kind of in my really early teens, um, I don't think it's embarrassing to say that I used to read smash hits. Oh, we've all <laughs> said that. <laughs> yes, thank God. <laughs> um, so yeah, that was definitely a staple of mine. Um, I can remember really quite well that um, I'd put a particular cover of smash hits 
which had a uh, picture of Keanu Reeves on on my bedroom <laughs> wall because uh, yeah I was a fan of Keanu Reeves back then but I would say by the time I kind of got to about 14 maybe towards 15 I moved on and yeah I think I just picked up probably what you guys are going to have been talking about so you know Melody Maker, Enemy, uh, all the good ones. Um, I've got a bit of a funny story actually about about the Enemy. So um, I met a, a friend's cousin when I was 15 and um, she was from Manchester uh, and her dad worked for the Melody Maker and I kind of got really caught up in this and I decided at that point I was going to be a musical journalist of course I was because uh, her dad was so uh, um, I ended up having a phone call with him one night and uh, this was obviously before I started picking these up and he uh, told me a list of magazines I should start reading because you'll never get in the business unless you know everything that's going on at every single point you guys know well more about that than I do because you're so on the cusp with all the new music and everything um, but that's the hint that he was giving me and as I was writing it down and he said enemy I literally wrote down enemy as in your mortal enemy that's <laughs> <laughs> how clueless I was back then but yeah that's kind of my uh, history with the with the zines I guess <laughs> we were talking about um posters up on walls as well and so we were saying that sometimes we had we cut the the person out and put them on our files back in school as well um, <laughs> yeah absolutely all over all over the shop I think I remember it used to be um cover them first with wallpaper or, yeah. or something and then cut all the pictures out and, yeah. and they'd all go on you know <laughs> And you'd have, you know, I love so-and-so and all that all over it. Yeah, absolutely. I can remember that completely. Um, yeah, good good memories, really. Good times. And Tristan, obviously, um, you were probably, we were from the fans um, side of things, but you were starring in those magazines back in the day. Yeah, not, not so much Smash Hits, um, <laughs> which I did read avidly. And uh, to my brother, um, I'm a have a twin my brother Danny is in the kind as well and um we used to uh because we had two lots of pocket money we could buy all the music magazines <laughs> and right right from a really well from as soon as I can remember being aware of pop music you know smash hits we would we would, had a subscription we're going to pick it up and you know fight over that a bit and um read it from cover to cover and of course we had we did all the posters and all the rest of it. And as we got a bit older, a bit like Faye, not that Faye's old, I don't mean that. Um, <laughs> the, uh, the obviously Enemy and Melody Maker. So one of us would get one and one of us would get the other and we'd swap, swap them over. And I remember the discussion at the time at school would be, oh, which do you read? But I, I got them all and sounds and, and everything, you know. And it was obviously that was back before um, you, uh, you lovely... People on this um, on this podcast won't remember, but that was back before YouTube. So you didn't. That's the only way I could find out what the bands looked like and what sort of guitars they played and what sort of shoes they wore. And I, I would, you know, as you got a bit older, I, we often bought tickets for shows. And our local venue was um, the Old Trout in in Windsor, which was one of these great venues on the circuit uh, that everybody played at. You know, it's sort of equivalent to King Tut's Wild Wild Heart or you know everybody played that so we'd, we'd buy tickets based on what we saw in the enemy and if they were wearing the right type of stripy t-shirt or playing a <laughs> Rickenbacker I, I would often spend all my pocket money buying a ticket on the 
on the premise they were probably going to be my type of band. And sometimes you get badly caught out on that. But, um, you know, so those those magazines were incredibly important to us and absolute, you know, uh, the gospel. So, uh, no, I've got really fond memories of um, of that um, and, and just keeping them all, having stacks and stacks and stacks mm. of them. But uh, no, I'm still a really big fan of a music magazine, actually. Um, I'm, a, you know, obviously now I'm uh, a middle-aged man. It's Mojo and and that sort of thing. But um, <laughs> no, good times. I was never in Smash Hits. That's an absolute crying shame. You actually ruined everything for me now. <laughs> we'll make a mock-up for you. Put you in it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to hold you to that. <laughs> Well, they can do it for the Derry Girls. They did a they did a recent one, Smash It. So they brought it back and put Derry Girls on the front of it, apparently. So yeah. Well, so the kind next. I think that's we're up there with Derry Girls. Everybody always refers to us in the same yeah. constant, constant um, references. And can you remember then being interviewed um, for the first time you were interviewed for any magazines and things back in the day, or <laughs> can did I I know people say if you don't remember that, you know, if you can remember the 90s, you weren't there. But yeah, no, I can. Well, this is the pinnacle of all interviews I've ever done. I just want to clarify that. Ah, yeah, yeah. No, and all that. And we, you know, we did lots of fanzines and magazines. And, you know, we had this little period where, you know, we were doing some stuff with international, you know, Japan and kind of that sort of thing. And I've still got interviews in Japanese magazines that I still have no idea what they say and reviews and that sort of thing. Could be, I've kept them all they could be absolutely terrible couldn't they absolutely ripping us to shreds but to me you know, oh wow we're in a foreign magazine that's good but of course without the context of what was actually said maybe I would maybe I'll never let those out of my sight because they could ruin everything but, so, but being interviewed the first time and it probably even for the local newspaper or a fanzine or, or something like that it was just incredibly exciting and seeing it in print was I, I think uh, I don't know maybe people also got the same buzz of being featuring on a website or what or what have you but um, and that's why it's great with Speakeasy with their proper f- paper fanzine um, there's, you know and it is a bit of nostalgia but I just think it, it just feels a bit more tangible and significant so uh, yeah it's all um all that sort of thing. Most people get in bands because they're ego, don't they? So interview, <laughs> podcasts, love it. I'll be on every week. <laughs> you remember so, the first time you were asked for an autograph? You were Danny used to get all the autographs, really, and I just used to hang around the edges. So while they were waiting for him, I'd just sign stuff, whether they wanted it or not. <laughs> um, you know, the back of their jackets or something. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and that's really, and it, but it, it really embarrassing. I don't know, you know, maybe you've been asked for Northcroft before. Just always a bit embarrassing, really, because you know, I don't want to sign the front of your CD because I know how much they cost to make. Um, <laughs> <laughs> also, I've got the handwriting of a three-year-old boy, so that does feel like, especially if they ask for something. Oh, could you just say thanks for coming? No, don't make me write. <laughs> I'm like, not that well. <laughs> that that's and I've got to say, and I just want to make this really clear, it doesn't happen very often. But um, but people do ask you to sign set lists and that sort of thing. And, you know, I've practised my name, but uh, everything else is a bit of a mystery. 
It's selfies now, though. That's what you'll be getting asked for. Loads of selfies. Yeah, well, of course, when we were in the band the first time round, because um, we're that old, nobody had, you know, <laughs> people would bring proper big cameras with the sort of flashes that made smoke to the gigs. But, um, uh, but there was never uh, camera phones, obviously. And, um, and coming back um, in the last couple of years, that people are wanting selfies now. And you, you, must, you come off stage and say, oh, you know, that's my picture. And you're all sweaty and red and, you know, it's just like, oh, magic. That's, <laughs> well, please put that on your social media. That'd be amazing. Thanks. <laughs> yeah. Also, it's very flattering, isn't it? So uh, you can't say no, obviously. So interesting. Um, I mean, back in the late 90s now, wasn't it? I had more than a few sing songs and a bops to um, kind of uh, shake down over the years. So um, what have you been doing since? Well, that was it, really. It was such a pinnacle. I've, um, I've been in hibernation. <laughs> um, the, so we did, we, we, we both the, probably two or three years after the album came out, we um, still, uh, I can't remember, I can't, I'm really terrible at remembering the dates. You need Danny and Paul here for this, really. So we, we stuck with the band for a bit and did some bits and pieces, and it kind of fell apart um, for a while. And uh, well, I say for a while, twenty years. Um, and then um, you know when you forget to do something. Yes. Uh, and we'd been in that band since we were thirteen or fourteen. We, you know, when we were still at school, and you know, every weekend playing, and every you know, just so it was quite a big part. And didn't play much music for a few years and um and then probably for the last 10 or 15 before the kind got back together um Danny and I did lots of different music uh, projects for other people and it's quite nice playing in other people's bands that you don't have to drag the drummer out of a pub or ring up shitty promoters or deal with management or anything like that you just turn up and play um and uh and i've really enjoyed and i still love playing um music so i uh, and i'm can't not be good at saying no and i'm really cheap so i get loads <laughs> of gigs um and that was really good and we danny and i we were running a record well we'd still do run a, a record label doing lots of um sort of roots americana um alt country type stuff and i'm playing i'm playing in a festival in germany with a, a a, a band this weekend who I've been playing with the last few years but the and it wasn't until actually Speakeasy did a little sort of you know singles you might have missed which is a pretty good way of summing up any one of our singles I think for people um and um and Danny said oh this you know fanzine's done a piece on the kind and send it to Paul and I um and use that as a uh, a lever to get us to uh, to get back together again so um the and over the last year we've recorded a brand new album and that's all ready to go and we're just uh, uh just signed off the artwork yesterday and yeah so we're we're uh, sort of back um back doing it in a whole new world for us now because social media and um and you know zoom based podcasts uh would been just not a thing but um last time we were in the kind so it's uh, it's working the band in a very different way but but really enjoying it yeah i was going to ask you that you know what are the main differences between um you know noticing releasing it obviously 20 years ago and then now um you know and you've kind of alluded to some of that yeah well the i remember 
And a lot of our bands that we really like now are doing things you know, completely independently. It's much easier to do that now. And obviously running a record label um, for the last 10 years or so, a bit more sort of savvy and switched on. And not that I'm saying I'm savvy or switched on, just in, in rel <laughs> relative to where we were. Um, so a lot of it can be done DIY now, um, which is which is great. Also, now I'm in my uh, 40s. What? Um, <laughs> the, uh, we, we just don't take it anywhere near as seriously. And we're still really passionate about it. We still love it. And, we, you know, when we play, we always want to do our best and all the rest of it. But, you know, uh, you realise just how where it is or you know success where it is relatively relative to the rest of your life so um so that so in, in, there's no pressure it's just really good fun the new record is one of the best musical projects i've been involved in to do it with with absolutely no pressure has been uh, an absolute blast so um looking forward to getting out there and letting people hear it really and do we have a date uh we do <laughs> <laughs> and I'm, I'm not sure it's one we're going to share at the moment. Okay. Because, well, only because of vinyl, the way vinyl uh, production is going. Yeah. Um, yeah. So we're doing it on, um, you know, sort of uh, super deluxe coloured vinyl options and all that. We're going to do it. We're going to, you know, we're getting to do it in every way, every, every format you can wish for, except for Excellent. tape because that was always <laughs> shit. <laughs> no people are bringing it back and you can, you know, all this bad, oh, limited cassette tape. It's the worst format that anybody's ever created. Um, so we're not doing it on cassette tape. Um, but um, anyway, yeah, so, so we're waiting to confirm when the vinyls come out, but it'll be later in the, um, later in the year, sort of autumn time. Um, so we're just making plans to do that. So uh, keep us posted. And yeah, we'll, no, we'll we'll out. Course. yeah yeah and do you think you and have more autonomy kind of more ownership with it um now oh yeah yeah because when you're in your 20s and there's record labels and management and agents and and that sort of thing um and we were young and, and quite happy for people to do quite a lot of you know you give up to to avoid the hassle and the aggro and the work you give up some of the control, obviously, um, and uh, and now, well, really, there's only the three of us to argue with. So it's you know it's it's um, it, there's a smaller group of people to disagree with, yeah. um, which in some ways makes it more intense. Um, and we remembered why we stopped being in the band, but um, <laughs> yeah. yeah. So we've you know got complete control now. Um, so, uh, you know, that's, um, I can't imagine doing any other way really at this stage. Uh, it's good. Excellent. And I see you've got some run of gigs coming up and some festivals and stuff. Um, so where could people see you? It, just a couple. So we, we've got some dates to announce later in the year, but the, we're playing at Truck Festival in Oxford. Obviously we're doing the Speakeasy uh, Festival for Fay in September. And I, there are a couple more, but I'm rubbish at this promotion thing. So that's, that's a lesson we'll, learned. We'll for post me. it out for you. Don't worry. Yeah, we'll thank you. Yeah, we'll yeah. do that. That's fine. Um, yeah. So, uh, and then later in, there'll be a, a short tour with the album, and there'll be a couple of singles out before that. And we might do a couple of little launch things. So, oh, excellent. It's important. Well, Faye, just Faye, sorry, just before we do talk about the speakeasy. So, how did you go from 15 year old um, Faye talking about um, with your friend's dad? to where you are now. So did you at university do 
um, musical things or to just talk us through the last number of years? Uh, to be completely honest with you, I don't really know. <laughs> I don't really know how we've ended up uh, doing what we've done. So no, I didn't. So I, I you know, for a small period of time, I was like, I'm absolutely going to be a music journalist. I started going to festivals and gigs. And when I finished school, I was like, well, I need money still because I want to go to festivals and gigs. So I'm like, I'm going to start working now. Uh so I did actually, I did go to, well, I'm doing myself a disservice. I had a year out and then I did go to college and I did media studies as, a, as an A-level, but I, I didn't ever pursue it. I've got a really run-of-the-mill day job. Um, so yeah, there's there's not really anything that propelled me into this other than my passion for and love for music is, is the honest answer. All of the skills and stuff that I've got now, um, I've learned over the last two and a half years running the zine it's not anything that we brought uh with us when we started it myself and Chris so yeah we were just uh office workers and decided to give it a go so yeah was it a lockdown project then yeah absolutely yeah so um we worked together I was I was actually managing Chris when we first spoke about this and it was a of a bit of a joke kind of like you know we both really love the same music and there was nobody else in my office that liked the same music as us too so we kind of it was lovely to find each other so we could talk about it and um yeah we were just uh, talking about it one day and then when lockdown happened Chris kind of said oh we're going to be bored we've got nothing else to do let's give it a go let's just do it let's just make one we'll make one issue um we'll see what happens if we sell 50 great if we don't, you know, it was just a little passion project and then we'll leave it there. But yeah, it just uh, issue one came out and people just ran for it. And I think there is some of it is to do with the timing and everyone else was in lockdown, too. And they were looking for things to fill their time. And um, we ended up doing, I think, two print runs of the first issue. And then people were just contacting us left, right and centre saying, how do I get hold of this? Are you doing more? And, you know, we gradually sort of increased in numbers in terms of the people involved uh and we decided yeah let's let's just go as long as people want it let's keep going um and then it just evolved into this subscription thing that we have going and you know it went up to 500 subscriptions at one point yeah it just went it just went crazy but it's been brilliant and as Tristan said earlier on, um, he's performing at a festival, isn't he? <laughs> how did it? How did it evolve into um, being a festival? Was it just a natural progression, or? Yeah, I guess so. Um, we kind of, again, like as you do, like when we started it, we were like, okay, this is just going to be a bit of fun. And then when it really took off, we were like, oh my god, maybe we can actually really make something of this. And Chris, uh, the guy that started it with me, he, he's been passionate about promoting live music, putting on live music since he was, you know, sort of 17, 18. It's been a big dream of his, um, you know, and it's something that we thought, oh God, if we could pull the fanzine from the page and turn it into a live event. So it's a whole big thing. It's a community of music. You know, it's not just a gig. It feels like people are involved and they can, they can you know, talk to the bands and, you know, we had people involved in Q&As and things like that last year, and it was just to try and pull everything together. And I guess it was a bit of a reciprocal thing, Tristan, with us having kind of featured the kind, and then we created a relationship with Tristan, and he has this incredible venue that he works in. And yeah, we 
just started talking and it, it just kind of went from there really. That's very So how do you decide on the acts that are, are going to perform? <laughs> that's, a, that's a really good question. Um, so obviously we, we set out and we have like a, a list of who we would love. And then, yeah, we just start reaching out, a lot of us. Um, we're really lucky that we've got, so uh, one of the guys that works for us with the zine, he does a lot of our editing and he does a lot of our writing, has got a lot of connections uh, with bands, or the lesser known bands. Um, so he's been able to reach out to a lot of people and make a lot of things happen for us as well. And obviously Tristan and his connections. And yeah, what we do is we get together as a team, all of us talk it through. So what do we want it to look like? What did we want it to feel like? You know, what do we want from a headliner? What do we want that undercard to look like? We kind of argue a bit about it. <laughs> <laughs> um, we obviously talk a bit about budget and then, yeah, we kind of just get there really. Um, everyone has an input, so it feels really lovely. And I think each of us that have been involved in, in pulling it together will definitely have you know two or three bands that we've pushed to be in the lineup playing yeah. for sure yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll get to pick a few yourself eh? <laughs> yeah. um, so you, you said a little bit there about um funding things how do you fund something like that <laughs> um <laughs> you cross your fingers and you yeah. sell some tickets <laughs> you so, <do. laughs> Please, um, please keep pushing it. We <laughs> will. <laughs> and uh, Fee, when, when do you sleep? <laughs> oh, yeah, no. Uh, do you know what? It is. It is. Uh, it's definitely a second job, but I just love it. And as I say, the skills and things that I've learned, the creativity. I mean, for the last good few issues, I've ended up designing the covers. I'm not a graphic designer, but there's some creative stuff in there somewhere that's coming out so yeah I just um I find time for it because I love it I, I just love doing it um putting all my energy into it I don't get to be creative in my day job so it's the perfect kind of mechanism for that really I think as well because it's a good mixture of old and new yeah it's one of the things that has impressed me and the fact that it's the second year running so it obviously did work last year and you've been able to continue. And as I was saying just before you actually come in, like it's one of the ones that I do buy. It's the, the ones and all the wee freebies you like to see. Oh, what am I getting this month? And another thing that I absolutely love about it is um, obviously because I'm from Belfast and there's been articles, you know, I think a few of your writers has been places that I have been to. So it's not just something that's, alien to me you know it's quite to me it's quite inclusive in there and well done phase all I'm saying it's like it is a really good read and I can't get worth the price off it so would you like to give the magazine a little push a little plug <laughs> yeah so uh, yeah I guess so that the zine itself I mean as I say we've been running two well nearly two and a half years now and we've just finished uh issue 20 but yeah we have um you obviously can find us on um twitter and on facebook if you just search for speakeasy fanzine um and that will give you a link through to um we host the zine on big cartel so you can go on you can either buy individual issues so we've got all of our back issues are available to buy all the way back to start from issue one um we charge now we did have to up it uh, last year because postage went up and everything but we only charge two pound a copy 
Um, and that basically just covers our printing costs and posting out to people. Um, we're not in it for money at all. It's just for the love of the music. But yeah, you can sign up for a subscription. So we, we are going quarterly now with our issues because uh, we need to give some time to the festival and some other things. So yeah, so you'll get effectively four copies in a year for £8 plus your postage. It's a bit of a bargain. And honestly, the people that we have writing for us are incredible. The time that they put in, you know, as I say, nobody's making any money out of this whatsoever. And we've got some really loyal, regular writers who have brought us some fantastic stuff. Uh, you know, we have interviews. We've interviewed, like, people that I would have said were my idols. We've interviewed um, some of the stuff I've sat in on. I've almost been speechless before I've been able to say anything. So, yeah. One of my favourite was Miles Hunt out of the Wonderstuff whenever yeah. I can. Yeah, that was, that was a great interview. That really was. But how do bands get hold of you to see if they can be featured? Oh, yeah, no, absolutely. So again, just um, reach out to us on our socials if, if you want to be featured in any way. Uh, so, we, you know, we do interviews. We've started covering live gigs. We really, I think we really love our point of view articles. So when people are talking about, you know, festivals, for example, you guys had a, a great podcast on that you know, their, their first album they bought or, you know, what clothes they align with Britpop or indie and it's those kinds of things and hearing other people's passions and interests. Um, they're always my favourite to read. So, yeah, if, if whether you're a band or a, a writer, please, please do get in touch with us on our socials, definitely. We could do you a feature for when we come back from Kendall Colin, but it might be absolute carnage. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Do you know what? It would be great if you did. If you, well, to be fair, just enjoy it. Don't worry about writing a few <laughs> It's what we can remember when we get back, yeah. yeah. I'll be sober. I'll remember it all. It'll be fine. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Faye and Tristan. We could probably talk on to you all night, but I think we'll, we'll leave it there. So Tristan, we're going to play out with one of your tracks. So what, um, before we say trio to everybody, what, what one are we going for? I don't know. <laughs> oh no, do I, do I know? Yes, I do. Do I know? You, you, you didn't get what you deserve. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so this is, this is a track off the first album, but we'll be make sure... We'll make sure you get some of the new music and hopefully um, you can play some of that uh, in the not too distant future. Yes, definitely. Oh, most definitely. And obviously, uh, Laura Jean there uh, runs a show on Sunday night. So any songs coming up, make sure you, you send them her way as well. Will do. So thank you, everybody, for joining us this evening. And um, I think that was like a really, I really enjoyed that episode. So we will see you all next time. Bye. Thanks, guys. Bye. Thank you. I never liked you anyway. You love too much, you much too Down. The streets of my town